Hello, everyone. It's Joyce Davis, PenLive's opinion editor, and this is Battleground PA. Thank you for joining us again. And today we are bringing together a stellar team that will guide PenLive's coverage of the 2020 elections. We'll be joined by editor Ron Southwick and reporters Charlie Thompson and David Winner will provide their insights into how battle lines are shaping up in Pennsylvania. And if you want to join us, send us a comment at Battleground PA on Twitter or Facebook, and please subscribe and rate us wherever you get your pods. We'll be back in a second to kickstart our next episode of Battleground PA. This is Battleground PA. Pen Live podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. Okay, we're back. And we have in the studios Ron Southwick, Charlie Thompson, and David Winner. Hello, guys. And we're here to hear your thoughts on Pennsylvania and the 2020 elections. Welcome to everyone. Our reporters, we know, and the editors are already thoroughly covering the issues associated with the 2020 elections. It perhaps began with Trump's uh, campaign rally in Hershey last year, and, and we know this state is up for grabs, a real battleground state. So the question, the first question, I guess, to get us started is, who's going to be doing what in this coverage? And, uh, I mean, do you have any plans just to share with our listeners, our readers, about how you plan to keep keep us informed. Well, it's going to be a whole team, but obviously uh, some of the leaders' team are here. Uh, Dave Wenner's really uh, been our point person already on uh, coverage of the presidential election, and that's a role he'll be leading in 2020. That's Charlie, Ron talking that, now. Yeah, that's Ron <laughs> Southwick, by the way. Yeah, Should have right. introduced myself. And we have Charlie Thompson, who's obviously going to be a, he's a longtime veteran to longtime readers of Patriot News and Penn Live are familiar with Charlie, uh, and Dave as well. Uh, Charlie's going to be uh, helping out with presidential election coverage and also really uh, leading a lot of our congressional election coverage, too, in which the uh, the 10th Congressional District uh, here in the Harrisburg area uh, looks to be one of the nation's premier uh, battlegrounds in Congress, uh, with uh, Republican Scott Perry being uh, looking to keep his seat among uh, some pretty fierce challengers. He held on in a tight race just uh, two years ago, and he's been labeled by uh, The Hill, for instance, as one of the most vulnerable incumbents in Congress. Mm. So uh, that so it's more than just the following. presidential elections. There's a lot of other stuff. That There's a lot here. of other stuff, and I want to uh-huh. keep us too dry. But the uh, state legislature as well, we're going to be uh, mm. covering that as well. So we're obviously going to have a big focus on the presidential election because Pennsylvania is, if not the key battleground, certainly one of the two or three uh, prime battlegrounds across the country. But we are going to be paying attention to our congressional and state legislative elections as well. David, Charlie, do you guys feel so important that you're doing all of this? The the whole world will be watching you and reading you. Correct. Yes, it will. Yeah. <laughs> this is important, right? It's okay. It's the story of a lifetime. It is. It truly is. So as we talk about this story of a lifetime, as you put it, when you look out over this state's political landscape right now, can you give us an overview of what you see as the Democratic and Republican territories? I mean, when you look at the geography, what's Republican, what's Democrat, what's in between, or is that just too simplistic? David. No, I, I don't think it is. I mean... You know, the, the population centers, um, you know, in both the eastern part of the state, the southeast, Pittsburgh area to, you know, pretty Those big Those all extent. tend blue, right? Right. And yeah. even places like State College and, uh, you know, the population centers. Um, 
you know, big concentrations of, of Democrats. Mm-hmm. What about that T area we hear so much about, Charlie? Well, the T classically made up of the counties in south central Pennsylvania and then pushing up to the northern tier and then across the state. That's the heart of Republican territory in Pennsylvania. Dave spoke about the population centers being Democrat or in the case of like the Philadelphia suburbs and northeastern Pennsylvania, Scranton, I would say the Lehigh Valley. Those are some of the swingy areas where this election will probably be lost or won in in the final analysis. But these areas like Philadelphia City, Pittsburgh City, the third class cities like Harrisburg and Erie, they're all they're solid kind of, Democrats. Yeah, solid. And, and, and the Democrats have to make hay in those areas in terms mm. of getting a, a big margin. Just like the Republicans, when you talk about the T, they would be looking to roll up a very big margin in areas like Lancaster County and York County and Cumberland County. Right, right. So, on so, up so, Ron, what about the people on the fence? I mean, are you guys paying any attention? I mean, are there undecided people or is everybody just simply staked out their Democrat or Republican side? I think there's a lot of people that have staked out their sides, but clearly there are people that are undecided. And Lieutenant uh, Governor Fetterman talked about that uh, during the, an interview uh, when uh, President Trump was here in Hershey uh, just a few weeks back. Uh, I also don't think it was an accident President Trump was in Hershey. It underscores, hey, the value of Pennsylvania as a whole, but also the value of central Pennsylvania, Dauphin County, where Hershey's based was very narrowly divided. Uh, Hillary Clinton did have the edge in Dolphin County, but only won by a few thousand votes and I think just a couple of percentage points. So, uh, But truth is, she only really visited in our area Harrisburg, right? I mean, she didn't get out to Hershey. No, she, and I think that cost her in some of the other parts of the state. And that's some of the places I'm looking forward to sending people out to, uh, looking places, the battleground places like Erie, which is a longtime Democratic county that flipped for Trump in mm-hmm. 2016. You look at uh, Wilkes-Barre area and Lundern County, again, another place that went for Trump that had been a lonely, reliable Democratic stronghold. Uh, Berks County, where Redding is based, uh, had been typically split between Democrats and Republicans. Barack Obama narrowly lost it uh, a few years ago, but then uh, in 2016, Trump won Berks County by about 17,000 votes. Uh, mm-hmm. whereas, yeah. So that's a place where Democrats uh, really lost a lot of ground. So there's a lot of battlegrounds that are going to be really interesting to watch uh, over the next several months. Charlie's got something to say. Yeah. just wanted to add yeah. something on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think in this election cycle, um, I think Many people, just anecdotally from living their lives, w- would feel that more people than typically uh, have probably already made up their mind on what they're going to do in this election. But one of the key things about Pennsylvania is that you really don't need that many swing voters to put this state in play. I was looking this up um, mm. in advance because um, I was just thinking about this point, And you know that Trump won the state by 44,000 votes, okay. roughly. Which is less than one percentage point. That is less than one percent, yeah. So that means that basically if one out of 100 people does things differently this time, which is not very many, you could have a different result. I have to, and I'll bring Dave in. Did I let you tackle this one, Dave? I mean, clearly President Trump has not gotten great press. I mean, there's been some issues. And I know you recovered the rally and all of that, and there was a lot of his base there. But with the impeachment, the impending Senate trial, Who knows what's going to happen in the Middle East? I mean, you don't see one in a hundred, perhaps, you know, deciding they're not going to stick with this guy? Yeah, I think it's it's very plausible because um, he won a lot of votes from people who had, you know, voted for Barack Obama. And I mean, I think those people had good reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they thought about it a lot. And now, you know, there's some very serious things to, you know, to think about. And I think those are the kind of people 
that will think about it. And I mean, we've heard a lot about the suburban women. And uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, they they really think about things. And I mean, if if we're in a war, I mean, those are the kinds of things that a lot of people think about. And, um, you know, I would just think that there's you know, there's plenty of people who weren't all that inclined, wouldn't have been all that inclined to vote for him. They did. And, uh, you know, you have to think that they will, uh, they may you know, rethink they will, it. They the will reconsider. Well, I mean, Ron, Ron and, and, and Charlie, I mean, you think about it. I mean, I'm also looking at the economy as well. And I'm also concerned looking at the farmers mm-hmm. who aren't doing so well. And I don't know how much better the coal folks are doing either. I mean, you don't see this as something that could hurt the Republicans. Uh, there's certainly potential. I mean, the economy cuts both ways. I mean, the you know, unemployment rate in Pennsylvania is nearly a record low. It actually did drop to a four-decade low a couple months up. It's inched up just a little bit since then, but still, unemployment's just a little over 4%, which is low historically by any standard. So that's a pretty good sales pitch for any sitting president. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, a lot of farmers have been concerned about tariffs, and a lot of, uh, a lot of manufacturers have been concerned as well. And that's why uh, Senator Pat Toomey, a Republican senator, has not been afraid to push back against the Trump administration uh, on the tariffs. He thinks that's basically amounts to a tax increase that hurts real Pennsylvanians and real people in the economy. So certainly that is something that people could be remembering. And it was interesting at the rally. I remember Evie DeJesus pointing out at the rally when uh, Trump was talking about the tax cuts and how it benefited people. And the, and the folks at the rally was very much diehard for Trump. But that right. was one part of the rally where <laughs> the, yeah. the audience was a little more subdued on that, where it was a, a noticeable change in reactions compared to where yeah. they well, were just I mean, eating yeah, up yeah, everything else said. And I was just going to add to that, you know, really, as we sit here in January, you know, we don't really know what, what history is going to have in store for That's us true. between now and November. But as we sit here in January, I, I would argue that probably the economy is the fundamental thing mm-hmm. where um, this race would turn right now. Um, there's a couple big variables like A, who is the Democratic nominee going to be? And B, what happens with some of these other issues well, like, like the Iranian conflict. But, well, right, but right. from the polls that have been done recently, mm-hmm. the last FNM poll that Terry Madonna did, he had a question that kind of tracked your reaction to Trump and, and whether you would vote, you know you're going to vote against him or you know you're going to vote for him, cross-tabbed against do you feel like the economy is working for you or not? Mm-hmm. And and it that poll showed that um, the economy is is really one place where President Trump can really sort of expand that base and maybe grab some moderate voters that that might not be inclined to vote for him. So I, I think the economy is is critical right now for him. He he needs the economy to really be humming and really be able to make that argument that. You know what? I, I just feel like I'm in a better place now than I was four years ago. Mm. So and nothing else matters except that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, but I will tell you this: that um, we all know, regardless who's president, who's not president, what goes up must come down. At some point, the economy is going to turn. And I mean, we're already getting signs that we've been riding high for a long time. Um, I mean, are you getting any sense that people are getting skittish, just afraid that it's not whether it's Trump or anyone else that we've just had good times for a long time? Mm-hmm. We're I overdue for a correction. I know some analysts uh, are concerned about that. I, I did an interview with the uh, the head of uh, Penn National Gaming, which obviously is uh, one of the largest gaming companies in in the nation, and they're based here in Pennsylvania. And so far, at least, when he, I asked him about and concerns about you know a slowdown in the economy, and he said like you know. The people talk to, and they're not really seeing it in the casinos. I mean, people are still going to the casinos and, you know, hitting the restaurants and playing the games, stuff like that. So at least as of now, 
you know, they're not seeing that immediate pullback that people have. Doesn't mean that won't change, uh, but at least that's one indicator. And this is a pretty large company where, you know, basically their models are really based on people having discretionary money to well, spend. That, that's actually, well, happy days are here. Yeah. We'll come back in a little bit. We'll take a little bit of a break, and then we'll come back to talk about the Democrats and who they're going to put up against Donald Trump. Okay, we're back, and we've spent a lot of time talking about our president and whether he's going to do well or not so well in Pennsylvania. And I don't think we have any consensus that we're just waiting for things to see how things shape up, especially with the economy. But now let's focus in on who do you think, each one of you, is likely to be the strongest Democratic candidate in Pennsylvania? Not necessarily nationwide, in Pennsylvania. Let's start with Ron. Just based on the polling so far, I mean, Biden, Just if we're talking about just Pennsylvania, Joe Biden, you know, the former vice president who is also as well-known as a native of Scranton, would stand to be the favorite among the Democratic contenders at this point. He's consistently led in polls. Is he really a native? Yeah. Is it, he, he lived in Scranton, right? Yeah. But he wasn't born there, was he? He was born in Delaware or where? No, he, he, he was, was born, born in Scranton. Scranton. Okay, yeah, okay. Was, yeah. I thought, okay. He served in the true. Senate okay. in Delaware, which uh-huh. which afforded okay. him a lot of exposure right. to the Pennsylvania market because, you know, Delaware sure. doesn't have really its own big media uh, other than, you know, the, the news journal in Wilmington. Like, the TV coverage is all based out of the Philadelphia station, so... Anytime Joe Biden did something in the Senate in Delaware, he got a lot of coverage in Pennsylvania. So yeah. he's been a familiar fixture for years. So I have to say, in, among the Democrats in Pennsylvania, at least, Joe Biden, Biden. has to be the favorite. Do you, you guys agree with that? I do. Yes, but, I agree. Okay, so here's the next question. If it's Joe Biden, right, who is his best VP candidate? We're Haven't thought cricket, about that, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's something I've thought about. But that's uh, and again, when I was talking about Joe Biden, I was talking about mm-hmm. being a favorite in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, mean, I, know. I, I don't I know. have a ball, so, crystal right. ball for the country, but uh, there's a lot of interesting factors that go into uh, who would make a good running mate. It's funny, somebody he sparred a lot with during the uh, Democratic debates, uh, Kamala Harris, might be a really interesting pick for him because mm-hmm. I mean, you've got you know a woman, you've got you know the whole western side yeah. of the country that she could appeal to as a California senator yeah uh, whether or not she'd be comfortable along that but that would actually in a lot of they went at it for a while they went at it for a while but you know there have been certainly stranger marriages and vice presidential nominees in the past so I agree with that I, I think Biden more than any candidate in that field would have to do something that's seen as new because he's not seen as new right yeah. and and the Democratic Party is kind of torn between this. This um, they've got this tension between the the moderate wing and people who who just want to beat Trump versus the more true believers in the progressive wing who who really are excited about people like Elizabeth Warren and you know Bernie Sanders, I guess. And so Biden has that first part, mm-hmm. that first group locked down, but he he really needs to to reach out and energize those. Younger voters, progressive voters, and and I think the way that he would do that would be a pick like Kamala Harris. And uh, not to make it an uncomfortable point, but I think there'd be heavy pressure on Biden if he does get the nomination. He has to pick somebody young. Um, because he's in his later 70s. He needs and to pick somebody. And don't you think he'd have to pick, I mean, at least give serious thought to a minority or a woman to kind of, yes, I mean, you I, know, I stir do. something yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. What? Hey, can I flip that question on you his may? head for a second? Yeah, please do. Because I would, Take you, over my job. Go right ahead. <laughs> I was, let's, say the, uh, let's say that, you know, this race doesn't go well for Biden and, and we have a different nominee. Um, then uh, if if you look at, like, 
well, what is there a vice presidential candidate that could play well in Pennsylvania for the Democratic Party? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it gets interesting because I think Tom Wolf or Bob Casey may come into play. Uh-huh. Well, hasn't Wolf already said he's not interested? Has he, he has. He but, has. But, but, I, so but what, I think right? that's irrelevant uh-huh. because nobody's uh-huh. asked him yet. I see. I, so if it were a Warren a Wolf ticket, what do you think, David? Elizabeth Warren and Tom Wolf. I don't know. I mean, that, not exciting you. <laughs> well, you know, you have to ask. I mean, how well is um, Tom Wolf known outside of Pennsylvania? Mm. Not, not. But he would do. It not, would do well for Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that's well, the reason. That's the reason. I, I just think it's something that bears watching because you know we are like you know your Michigans, your Wisconsin's. I mean, we're one of this these handful of states where everybody mm. thinks this race is going to turn. So. Wouldn't you think that that maybe one of those candidates that might not be perceived as playing as well as a Joe Biden here might say, well, I have to push all my chips on the table to win Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. because that's 20 electoral votes that we've got to have. Sure. I mean, I don't know. The, and that, that would win. I mean, it, a, a it's, VP all, it's candidate. all speculative here in January. But a but VP I, I candidate like to, from, from Pennsylvania would definitely well, You think it would help. Right, right. You got to think right. it would help. Wolf's not, he, he's not hated in Pennsylvania. You know, no, he has the, no. He has the capacity to <laughs> Some reach. Some of us love him, right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he has the capacity to reach to right. uh, some Republican voters. I think, as, he, as he did in, against Wagner in 18. I just think one interesting thing that's developed over the last even week or so, looking at the fundraising numbers among the Democrats, and it's something I think we're only recently starting to see, that Pennsylvania primary might really make a difference in selecting the Democrat presidential nominee. Because mm-hmm. you're looking at even candidates that aren't in the top tier, like Andrew Yang and Amy Klobuchar, I mean, raised over $10 million each. Yang had $16 million, She had $11 million. They have the money to stay in this race for a while. So if you get through Super Tuesday and there's not a real clear nominee, all of a sudden the Pennsylvania primary, even though it's late in the calendar in the late April, might have an important say in who the Democratic nominee sure, is. Sure, but you guys don't see Klobuchar or Yang or even Bernie doing well in Pennsylvania, right? I wouldn't really rule anything out until we get through uh, Iowa and New Hampshire and Super Tuesday and see how some of these things are shaking mm-hmm. out. Because mm-hmm. this race is just going to be... It's just going to be like shot off a trampoline in, in the next couple <laughs> right. of weeks here, and, right. and yeah, everything's true. going to be reordered as it falls back to earth. And but, I want to sell Bernie Sanders' chances short at all, because, really? I mean, he's been third in the polls typically among Pennsylvania and behind, yeah. you, know, you know, Biden and Warren. Uh, he's got a hardcore uh, group of supporters that have uh, backed him. He had a fantastic fundraising uh, in the fourth quarter. So it, he can stay around, and, you know, he has appeal to people that you know, are really, you know, he can draw big crowds at rallies, too. Wow. Well, and, let's, let's move from the candidates, because I think we've had two the issues. And that's one of the things I really want to get your thoughts. You've had a chance now to talk to political leaders as well as average voters, and we'll start with, with Dave. I mean, let's move aside the economy for now. We've already, what do you see as those defining issues that are really going to make people decide if they just if they're just not an anti-Trump or what is it going to decide between Trump and the Democrat? You have to think health care mm-hmm. would be would be an important thing. You know, I definitely put that at the at the top of of the list. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're talking about um, you're asking about uh, with with Democrats or, or well, I'm all talking voters. about it, voters in general. So when you're looking at across it, what are those issues in Pennsylvania? that you think people are thinking about when they decide. And then I'm going to go down to ask you if, you, if you're, uh, you know, of someone of education and, or if you're, you know, living in a certain place, does it change, you know, the issues? But in general, what are that? I mean, you said health care. 
We already know the economy. Are there any other? I mean, immigration, is that an issue for us in well, Pennsylvania? You know, just just thinking about that, I, I mean, I, I think, um, I don't mean to jump ahead of you, but, no, Charlie, but go ahead. If, uh-huh. if you break it down, um, yeah. I think some of the younger voters will probably be more motivated by issues like what's the candidate going to do on climate change, okay. you know, or what's the candidate going to do on gun control? Um, do they, do they, do they promise to make change in those areas? I, I think those are big well, that, issues for, that's for the quite, is gun control a big issue for in general, and, for the general population in Pennsylvania? Well, I, I think it is for younger voters. Mm-hmm. For younger and, voters. And for a slice of older voters, mm-hmm. it's probably a, a big issue the other way. Okay. They want to make really sure that nobody, you know, infringes on their Second Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's not going to be a determinative issue for probably most voters. Mm-hmm. But for younger voters, I think it could be play big, just like mm-hmm. climate change. I think that could play really big. I can't really see for the most of Pennsylvanians, I really can't get past the economy. Really? Is that right? You, th- you think everything else pales according to that? Yes. And one thing, uh-huh. you know, one thing I've been thinking about is, I mean, this election might be turn out to be oddly like not really contingent on on the issues as much just because mm. of the fact that people are so entrenched i mean especially the the trump voters they're so entrenched and i think nothing will sway them i wouldn't say um n- nothing but i think that as as we said earlier if the, if the econom- if the economy continues to hum along and you know the stock market um you know holds up pretty well I mean, you know, Trump doesn't really have to worry about focusing on winning people over with issues. Right, right. Okay. You know, with the Democrats, it's, I mean, you know, nationally, we know that climate change is a, is a big issue. Of course, um, health care, mm. um, education, and, but in, those are important in, in, those are important in Pennsylvania too. But, you know, there's that concern that, um, you know, there's that concern about, proposals that are too extreme yeah. to win to win Pennsylvania. So it seems like it might be a you know a narrow set of issues. Right, right. Okay, well listen, I mean, we got some consensus here. It's we get, definitely have to keep looking at the economy, but you know, I know Pennsylvanians or, or average people anywhere really don't think about the world much. But I'm wondering, given everything that's happening now and the threat that your sons, daughters, mothers, fathers could be heading off to the Middle East for yet another generational war. Do you see that in the minds of voters yet here in Pennsylvania? Well, Charlie, I mean, I mean, Joyce, I I think that we kind of need a crystal ball to know that because I mean, yeah, sure. If, if things continue to uh, intensify with the United States and the Iran, sure. I, I think that'll, that'll be a factor, but, I guess we just don't know what we don't know. We don't know what is going to happen through the winter and the spring with that issue. And, right. You agree and, that if it were to heat up, as most experts say it will, that that could definitely impact some voters? I, I think it could. Just the way it impacts voters is going to be tough to discern, which is why mm-hmm. I'm sort of nodding with Charlie's crystal ball comment. But yeah, I'm, on one hand, uh, sometimes... They could rally around the president. Exactly. Right? And I, that often hump happens. Sometimes the incumbent can make the case like, you know, we're in a crisis. You know, we need to stick with the, the incumbent. And, and sometimes that's the, that can seal re-election for a sitting president in that case. You know, you don't want to initially change horses in the midst of conflict. On the other hand, if it becomes a long, drawn-out conflict that requires a substantial troop presence and you're starting to see a lot of casualties... 
I don't think there's a lot of stomach and public opinion for America to get involved in yet another long drawn out war in the Middle East. I mean, we lost thousands in uh, Iraq um, and Afghanistan. I don't think there's a, a lot of stomach for that. But again, the question is, do people see this as a necessary action to ultimately maintain national security, in which case there might be support to stick with the president and, and what he's doing there? Or if it's there are unfortunate casualties of American lives, and that might be the thing that siphons right. support from him. That, that sense of safety is always very important to the public at large. Safety right? and money in your pocket. That's what Pennsylvanians care about. Well, with that, I'm afraid we're going to have to conclude. But I thank all of you. Uh, thank you, Charlie Thompson. I thank you, Ron Southwick. And I thank you very much, David Winner, for joining us on another Battleground PA. Keep up your good reporting. This was Battleground PA. Be sure to rate and subscribe to us so you don't miss a beat. Have an idea for an episode? Tweet us at BattlegroundPA or email us at topics at battlegroundpa.org. Meanwhile, stay in the know between episodes on penlive.com. Battleground PA is hosted by PenLive's opinion and editor, Joyce Davis, and is produced by Penn Studios director, Salim Michel McClouf, and edited by Martin Boutros. For more info and past episodes, visit us at battlegroundpa.org.